it's being reported um, by Daniel RPK and other insiders on Twitter that Spider-Man 4 is going to be, quote, a street-level civil war. And Jessica yeah. Joe, Echo, Kate Bishop might appear. Ant-Man is rumored to appear. Daredevil is going to be a major character in the story. Is a Spider-Man-centric story. Reportedly, Wilson Fisk is the mayor of New York City creates a law that bans vigilantes and then gets super villains to try to hunt them down so it's like batman arkham origins meets spectacular spider-man but okay number one i get that you need to have characters from the mcu and spider-man films like i get it but a part mm -hmm. of me was like we just get a spider-man like movie with just spider-man characters like flash thompson and gwen you, you know or we have the games for that, so maybe the MCU stuff is inevitable, but I think it would be cool to have a Wilson Fisk try to take everything away from Peter Parker after he already had everything taken away from him by Green Goblin. New York is more than just like a city in the Spider-Man universe. Like you say, New York's like a character in itself. It doesn't feel like we've had that in the MCU at all. Hello everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Invincibles Podcast with your host, you know, me, I'm Zen. I'm Ali. And let's get into it, man. A lot of crazy news has been kind of hitting the end of the year in terms of the nerdum circles. Um, let's start out with Jonathan Majors, bro. The news is reported that Jonathan Majors was convicted of third degree assault and uh, harassment, right? Mm -hmm. Stalking. One of those things. I think I it think was... harassment, yeah. Okay. Um... What, what are your thoughts on that, honestly? Like, we saw the videos, we saw the texts, we saw the proof. Like, what's your takeaway? He's got to be one of the quickest, like, rises and falls from grace, if that's the right word, in, you know, recent memory. Because, um, like, I remember we've, we even spoke about him on a very early episode of the podcast when Creed 3 came out. And we loved that film. We spoke about it. it was one of the best Rocky films. We praised his performance because he was phenomenal in that. And then he's, he's, he literally had the world at his feet. And then he just literally, just because he's an abusive asshole, he just threw it all away. <laughs> like, obviously, it's, it's, you know, it's, we are, we are, we do feel obviously sorry for the people that he abused. But he he's just he's just a stupid guy. He's so stupid. Um and obviously this this isn't the most important thing, but we've got to speak about it from a nerd perspective because that's what we do on here. Um Marvel are in a tough position now as well. They've got to somehow they've well, they were gonna build the entire next 10 years of the franchise around this guy and then he's gone and done this so they've got a, a task on their hands but the important thing is you know he's been he's been charged and he will be convicted in February for a specific sentence potentially up to your prison mm -hmm. i think um we'll, we'll we'll get to that what's going on with the mcu um but going back to the mcu i thought this decision was delayed yeah. Marvel should have cut ties with him instantly. And I know yes. people will say, oh, innocent until proven guilty. Like, bro, there were texts of him threatening suicide. And if you study cases of narcissistic abuse, 
that is very common. That is very common throughout, throughout mm-hmm. whatever your gender is, whatever, you know, your culture is, whatever your socioeconomic, socioeconomic standing in life is throughout all of those patterns. You look at the data that is very common. Threatening suicide is very common in narcissistic abuse. He was having, they were sending texts of him, like saying, you know, I have, you know, an item right here. I'm about to end myself right now. He, you know, claiming the guilt on her. That's very narcissistic mm-hmm. because if you actually do that and you actually commit to that act, that is something that the receiving person on the other side who you send that message to will never be able to get over, dude. Like imagine somebody mm-hmm. saying you're the reason I off to myself and then they actually did it. Like that's horrifying. That's yeah. very narcissistic. Um, the evidence was were there from the cops, the testimony and, you know, witnesses as well. I'm very hesitant to take the side of the police, especially in America. There is a reputation of, I'm just going to say it, uh, you know, white women demonizing black men for crimes they don't commit. That's very common here. So when the Jonathan Majors stuff, excuse me, first came out, that's honestly the first thought I was thinking. I was like, oh, God, like, I hope he's innocent. But then you see the videos, you see the texts, you see the, the injuries like. He did it. More importantly, you go on Twitter. You you remember when this was happening? All of the dirt mm-hmm. she got, how he was acting in university, how he treated other people, how he was on the sets of other films. Many people anonymously with evidence, with receipts, by the way, were saying how Jonathan Majors abused and treated other people backstage. So there is a pattern of behavior with this guy. I say yeah. that all I say that to say. There's absolutely no way Marvel and Disney didn't know about it. But I also understand in the film industry, there's a lot of dark stuff we don't know. And that will continue Mm -hmm. to not be known because money making is the priority. If you're going to hire an abuser who's going to make you billions, that's probably what they're going to do as long as it's under the rug. Fortunately for us and unfortunately for that bozo, this was something under the rug. You just couldn't crease up. And I, 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 my heart goes to the victims, the ex-girlfriend. Um, it's not right. It's not right. It's not okay. And Marvel, they should have cut ties earlier. I will give them credit from at least actually got rid of him. DC yeah. is cowardly and they stood by Ezra Miller. But he he doesn't deserve uh, he doesn't deserve any sympathy. And going next to the marvel side of things talking about what are they going to do are the rumors true are the legal uh contractual obligation where only he could play kang is that true oh i don't know i've not heard about that it's like all over oh, Twitter. that's a that's terrible that's a terrible decision on their part if if that's true like even if you you absolutely banking on an actor and you think you think they're going to be the future you don't you don't do something like that, surely. There, I don't know if it's a rumor, but that's what everybody is saying is Jonathan Majors has a contract clause that only he can play Kane. Oh, no. I did I did see a, a fake rumor before that uh, Ryan Gosling was going to play Kang. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I mean... just Kang. <laughs> No, you see the meme of Ryan Gosling as uh, Black Panther, 
It's like people have been saying that, and it's like it's finally happening. It's like, oh my god, that'll be funny. But uh, I, what what are they doing with Kang? I I think Jonathan Majors. I do find that true. You look at Loki season one, Loki season two. You look at um, Ant Man. Mm-hmm. There is a pattern of him just playing a different version of the character and unfortunately doing it well. So the the you know like there is a precedent of him just playing the same character. They haven't introduced any variants. If they were, or excuse me, variants that look different. If they were, I'd imagine that would be like a surprise type deal. So I'm I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if he is contracted to play King. To only play King, but if that's the case, Ollie, I think they need to drop King altogether. Oh. This is a loser who lost to Ant Man, bro. Like, come on, we don't need him. He's on an Avengers. Oh, level. I forgot about that. Like, you, you I forgot forget, about that. Like, I forgot about lost, Quantumania. Yeah. Like, you lost to Ant Man in the, in the most pathetic way as well. Yeah. Like, and then. Um, you can explain him being rewritten out of existence because Loki, right? Maybe Loki sacrifices glorious purposes to make sure that he's pruning out the kings before they get there. Yeah, that yeah they've they've got now that they've introduced the concept of the multiverse, they do have sort of a way that they can get out of situations quite easily. So there there is ways they can do it and have it make sense. Um, you know, which is good, but it, I think I think it is possible for them to do a route where it is Kang, but he, he looks different. If, if legally they can do that if somehow, um, mm-hmm. because like that scene at the end of Quantumania, it might have been in a post-credit scene where they have all the Kangs in that stadium. Um, you do all of them do look like Jonathan Majors, but you could start. Kang Dynasty or start however they introduce Kang like the next Kang anyway have a shot of that same stadium but just with loads of different looking ones and it's just like another angle or whatever, I don't know That that's a way they could do it I suppose because in, in that shot there is like thousands of them so it would make sense for there to be a few that don't look like him yeah, yeah, I mean but do you do you want King? I'm not gonna lie, like I don't find King interesting as a character. So like do you even want King? Um I think oh, I don't know. I think he's I think he's interesting in the fact that like he's well, the the Kang that we saw in Quantumania, he was meant to be like a really um like a powerful guy who'd killed Avengers and stuff like that. So like mm-hmm another thanos level threat um i think i think it's interesting from that from that perspective but um something i i, I really want I, I, I maybe you know i think they planned on doing this in what's the one after kang dynasty secret wars i don't know if they planned on doing this then or later down the line but just do galactus already if you're going to bring in the x men with Deadpool three, just do Galactus. 
Does Galactus have ties? In? I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know anything about X Men. The only thing I know is Wolverine. So Die Hard. Oh X-Men. no, it's Fantastic Four. He has ties too, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no yeah. mistake. But um, if the Deadpool three is like combining universes and that, and yeah, I think introduce Fantastic Four, introduce X Men, and have Galactus as as the big villain. I think. I'm okay. Let me look at it from a more meta perspective. Do you think the superhero business industry is kind of shifting away from big team up movies? I think it should. I think it definitely should because I think we've had enough of them now. And with with there being so many of them, you don't get the opportunity to tell real stories about like the characters. And it makes all the characters' standalone movies less about the character and more about setting up the big team up movie. Like Quantum Mania, there's an angle with you know Hank, uh, not Hank's uh, Scott's daughter, but like we didn't really learn anything about Scott. I don't think he really developed as a character whatsoever in that movie, and he was just a device to further the story with Kang along, and it wasn't about Ant-Man at all. Um, so I think less team-up movies, more individual stories about these characters, because that, that's what we want. I think, yeah. I, so so that's what I'm saying. Does Avengers need to have like this combination of the Fox universe and the Fantastic Four and the MCU versus, you know, like it would be cool, but I'm saying like, it seems forced to me, all right? Like, Kang is mm-hmm. there. Now Jonathan Majors is out. They're saying, like, oh, okay, we need a multiverse. Like, And I'm saying, like, do, do you? Do you? I mean, it, it would be cool. I might be biting my tongue, but I think there would be cooler ideas that they could do. Um, I think this would never happen. I think what they should do, they should make, like, a Venomverse movie. You know, like, maybe a Web of Shadows or something like that. But I mm-hmm. actually know that's dumb. Save that for Spider-Man, not not for like an Avengers movie. Never mind, I'm true. But um, I think I think like for Avengers five because they're no longer calling it King Dynasty; they're calling it Avengers five now. Um, oh, okay. You could put in Doom there, and it, oh. but then you have to build up Doom, you know. But I think the most logical thing that they need to do is get your best lawyers possible. Get out of that contractual clause that says only Jonathan Majors can play the character, and then get somebody else to play him. Recast, mm-hmm. and I would honestly go with uh, an old grizzled Denzel Washington. Oh yeah, get Denzel in the okay. MCU. Go on. Yeah, like like a he's grizzled... so good as well. Like he's so good, and there's so many, uh, you know, there's so many actors who come into the MCU like who were great actors and but I don't think there's been anyone on like Denzel's level maybe. Robert Downey Jr. I think is on that level. I think he showed that with Oppenheimer Um, but when he obviously when he came into the MCU he's after he's had a rough few years so I don't think is there anyone who's come into the MCU with that type of reputation at the beginning? I don't don't think so. So Maybe Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, apart from him. Yeah, I I, 
Yeah. I think it would Willem be Willem cool. Dafoe maybe, but he, he he had already played Green Goblin by the time he came to the MCU. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Willem Dafoe, that, yeah. that does um, Yeah. Denzel, imagine like a Denzel, maybe like a scar over his eye or something like that as Kang. And he yeah. is the version of Kang that Jonathan Majors was very scared about, you know, maybe like that. Yeah. And he's wiping out other Kings like that. That would go hard, bro. Like, I'm, that would be cool. Uh, John oh. Boyega. John Boyega as Kang would be awesome, but I don't think he's going to do it because he's going to yeah, be. Yeah, he said he, said he didn't want to do it, I think. And I think but he was. Think... Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think what what you just said there was interesting about Kang Denzel's Kang wiping out other Kangs. That's how you could start if they do Kang Dynasty. They, that's how they could start the movie. He goes into that stadium and just wipes all the other Kangs out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you'd have it'd be funny if they could have Jonathan Major's face and you just killing them all. Um, that would be fun to see. Uh, There's a lot. They, but mm-hmm. I think that's what they need to do. They need to recast, get your lawyers possible, and just stick with King. But that's not the story in the MCU that I'm most excited about. The story that I'm most excited about in the MCU is Spider-Man 4. Oh, take, yeah. It's being reported um, by Daniel RPK and other insiders on Twitter that Spider-Man 4 is going to be, quote, a street-level civil war. And Jessica yeah. Joe, Echo, Kate Bishop might appear. Ant-Man is rumored to appear. Daredevil is going to be a major character in the story. Is the Spider-Man-centric story. Reportedly, Wilson Fisk is the mayor of New York City, creates a law that bans vigilantes, and then gets supervillains to try to hunt them down. So it's like... Batman Arkham Origins meets Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. I, that just sounds like money. <laughs> that, that sounds... But, okay. Number one. I get that you need to have characters from the MCU and Spider-Man films. Like, I get it. But a part mm-hmm. of me was like, we just get a Spider-Man like movie with just spider-man characters like flash thompson and gwen you you know or uh you know but we have the games for that and we'll get to the games in a minute uh but we have the games for that so maybe the mcu stuff is inevitable but i think it would be cool to have a wilson fisk try to take everything away from peter parker after he already had everything taken away from him by green goblin and the spider Mm -hmm. spider man's all he has left what what i'd love to see is them to do leave this street level civil war thing till say, say they're doing another trilogy mm-hmm. start off with what you just said there uh wilson fish trying to take everything from peter and then maybe introduce daredevil in this one then introduce black cat in the next one i mm-hmm. have daredevil and black cat together and then have the third movie be the street level civil war be have that be the blow off of the whole trilogy maybe um but obviously yeah. they want to get Zen- zendaya is a big name. Obviously, they want to get her back into the fold somehow. That's why they maybe would rush that along a bit. Bro, I would be okay. So Sony doesn't want to make a Black Cat movie, right? They don't want to use mm-hmm. the character, right? So what if the MCU just... This would be crazy, and I feel like a lot of fans might hate it, but hear me out. What if Zendaya was Black Cat? 
I don't blame you there. But might have no, to I mean, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um we'll see. <laughs> the world is about to forget we said that. Like, you know. Um But I, I think Zendaya like I, well, actually, no. Maybe having Felicia Hardy as a character be different from Mary Jane Watson is probably an important foil. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot that they could do with that. But I think, firstly, for Spider-Man 4, it needs to be a character study of the character very similar to how the Batman was for Batman. It was a very mm-hmm. story about what makes Bruce Wayne tick. Um, and it was very atmospheric. You really felt Gotham City ooze out of each you know, scene of the film. I want that for Spider-Man. Like, you should feel like this is a New York City film. Okay, this is a crime thriller film. Um, Mm. One way, like, this is how I would open Spider-Man 4, is you have Wilson Fisk, and it's very similar to the opening of No Way Home with the news report. I would continue that. So the news report of, like, J. Jonah Jameson having Wilson Fisk on the Daily Bugle for Fisk to say... You know, my new law is banning vigilantes and whatever. And maybe it's like a black screen and you find out where the movie starts out of Tom Holland's Spider-Man web swinging. And it's a, it's an actually good choreographed web swinging scene. It's not a John Watts, but it's not a John Watts web swinging scene. It's like a yeah. Sam Raimi or Amazing Spider-Man 2 web swinging. You know, really follow the camera, really make it dynamic. Also, please make the suit live action. No more CG suit. We want a new tonal Spider-Man. Give us a realistic Spider-Man. The only thing CG should be the eyes. Make it as <laughs> real as possible, please. But um, yeah, so maybe you start out the movie with Tom Holland is listening to Wilson Fisk banning superheroes as he's web swinging through the city. Okay? Oh, he's, okay. Maybe he like saves a civilian, okay? They save a civilian who is suspiciously just about to jump off of a building, okay? And I say suspiciously for a reason. Because Peter's spider sense goes off because he's thinking, oh, he's jumping off. But the spider sense is also to warn you, and here's why. Maybe when he's web-swinging the person and they're, like, going away, Peter's spider sense goes off and he sees the person who just jumped off the building, who he just saved, was actually a hired assassin who was there on purpose, and he, like, gets a knife out tries to stab Spider-Man, Spider-Man stops it, and now you're tumbling through the city. So you open the film with an action sequence already that has been, like, nothing in in Spidey MCU. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. They're falling through the city. You know, you have some hand, you know, combat. Like, you know, the assassin is throwing elbows. Peter catches it, punches, you know, but trying not to hurt this person because he's Spider-Man. They're tumbling through the city. And then, boom, like, I don't know, he, like, webs into the side of the building. And then Peter, you know, swings away. And he's like, and like webs away and then screen dark. Yeah. The spectacular Spider-Man. Oh, I like that. Okay. And then the next scene opens up and it's Matt Murdock and he gets a knock at the door and it's the feds or something like that. And they're like, okay, your, your uh, practice is under investigation. So tonally already you have a much more intense and gritty feel to Spider-Man that hasn't been in the MCU yet. Mm-hmm. A very adult Spider-Man, but not edgy, not uh, forced, but just a natural progression of the character. You're not going to be in Queens for anyone, you know? 
Um, mm-hmm. That's how I would do it. Like just a crime thriller vibe. Maybe at the end of this film, Peter is at his lowest he's ever been. And then in the Avengers film, you get the black suit. And then you have a scene where Peter's like hulking out with the black suit and he's just like tearing Kang, you know, minions to shreds or something like that. Like, I don't know. That's how I would do Spider-Man for leading up to the Avengers. Okay. I think I, I would love that. <laughs> and it does, Spider-Man does need, even though obviously the character sells a lot of toys, it's very popular for kids. At some point, you do need the character to grow up, essentially, and mm-hmm. the stories to grow up. And uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be a big fan of that. Um, like with the Batman, I think uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman that came out last year. Uh, that is my favorite Batman movie. I think it's the best Batman story told on film. Um, I agree. and. If a Spider-Man film goes down that route and is like a street-level story where he's crime fighting, which is what you know what we all love about Spider-Man, um, mm-hmm. that'd be that has the potential to be the best Spider-Man movie as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, but would you? How would you? Okay, one. Who would be the main villain? And how would you write Tom Holland's character? The main villain. Um, I think, I think you have to you have to introduce Wilson Fisk, but maybe not have him be the number one main villain. Maybe someone like um, someone who has been introduced in the MCU, but we've not really seen him yet. Scorpion. Mm-hmm. And if JJ is like in cahoots with Wilson Fisk, that you know, if for those who don't know, Scorpion came about through. J. John Jameson like funding that project that made him Scorpion or something like that. So that could be a cool way to to you know bring that thing from the comics into live action. Um, and they've been teasing Scorpion for six years now, well seven years, eight years by the time this film comes out. So <laughs> um, it's about it's time op- to pull the trigger and do Scorpion. Yeah. Oh. And Vulture, bring Vulture back. Make him one of the villains because he mm. forgot who Peter is. So he has no reason yes. to protect Spider-Man. So a pissed off Vulture, a pissed off Scorpion. You got Kingpin. Uh, Maybe yeah. from Daredevil's side, you bring in the hand. So there's like murder ninjas in there. Mm-hmm. And then you have Spider-Man, you have Daredevil. Boom, against, you know, like a street oh, level yeah. mafia type story bro like that would go so unbelievably hard man that gets me excited but the action needs to be there um the dialogue has to be there um most importantly the the tone needs to be there like i don't know if you noticed this spider-man hasn't really thrown a lot of punches in the mcu because he's a light-hearted more kitty character that changed with goblin he was throwing a lot of hands with goblin but i think it's spider for he needs to be you know not to sound like a toxic andrew tate guy but like a man you know he he should he should be quipping a lot more he should be a bit more i don't want to say aggressive like black suit but you you know like he's like the ps4 version he he, he won't be afraid of getting mm-hmm. a manhole and throwing it like you know what i mean yeah um stuff like that 
um maybe have some gadgets in there but this is a more broke spider-man so i don't expect the uh, you know the stark tech and all of that um a, an uneasy relationship with new yorkers and the cops because people still believe he murdered mysterio oh shit yeah that didn't go away yeah so like and then maybe that's why daredevil is in the the film because the charges were dropped on peter but the world forgot peter's spider-man so i would imagine the spell just defaults to spider-man still killed him Mm -hmm. that's the new reality so maybe not that he goes to daredevil for help again with that but more of the fact that he's with daredevil because of the circumstances that he's already in you know like i'm a vigilante these are charges against me let's work together type deal i'd love it if daredevil was trying to convince peter and peter was trying to be his own person you know like Mm -hmm. i don't want to be involved i'm going to tackle kingpin by my own realizes he's wrong okay let's kind of work together but peter needs to be the leader in that scenario i don't want to see he was the leader in no way home he should be the leader of spider-man 4 and uh scorpion he has to be they need to make him a creepy vile assassin homicidal maniac like there needs to be sequences of like the light flickering and you see scorpion slowly walking on the wall and the light flickers on the other side of the wall and the light flickers and he's gone and the light flickers and then there's a tail right by someone's neck and then like stabs him like that's how they should do scorpion like a really horrifying thing because i'd imagine here's how i would do a scene you have the hand there you have some kingpin mercenaries there daredevil is like all like screwed out and then you hear a more epic version of the mcu theme you know it's like da, 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 da. And, like you see like tom holland crash through the glass window He's fighting the hand. He's Spider-Man. He fought Goblin. He fought Thanos. He wipes the floor with them. And then you hear like, you know, like of a scorpion. And you see (laughs) like Matt Gargan walk out. And Spider-Man's like, what is that? And maybe because scorpions hunt spiders, he moves so fast. Peter's spider sense isn't fast enough. You know, so he's really getting tagged. He's really getting hurt. So you have a threat for Daredevil. You have a threat for Spider-Man. Daredevil has the hand in Kingpin. And then Scorpion, funded by JJ and Kingpin, hunts Spider-Man. You could even bring uh, Liz uh, Liz Toomes in there. You could bring in Liz Toomes. Make her a villain somehow, some way. There's a lot you could really do. Flash Thompson, maybe he has a podcast really upping Spider-Man. Because he loves Spider-Man. And maybe he's targeted by like scorpion or something and peter has to go save him there's a lot of stuff you can really do with spider-man 4 dude but tonally it has to be a thriller spider-man has to constantly be on his toes like mm-hmm. this should be a movie where spider sense is going crazy you yeah. know like assassins at every turn peter doesn't know peter feels more safe outside of the suit than he's in the suit because people don't know who peter parker is yeah you know um, so maybe you could have scenes of Peter Parker just walking into like the bar with no name and he's just like scoping mm. out the area and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's a lot that you could do like from from a stealth perspective there. But his spider sense is always going crazy. Maybe there is a scene of like Flash Thompson has a podcast where he's like challenging J. Jonah Jameson. You, you, you understand? Mm. He's like, no, yeah. like 
they're corrupt. Like Spider-Man's a great guy. Like he saved people. It's don't believe the crap. He didn't kill Mysterio, stuff like that. Maybe Scorpion, because he knows Spider-Man saves people, goes to try to kill Flash Thompson knowing Spider-Man's going to be there, like a way to bait him out. Okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. And Spider-Man is going there and he's like rushing. He's like, no, no, no. I got to stop that. I got to stop that. And then maybe Scorpion is like torturing Flash. Like, where's Spider-Man? Where is he? And like Flash is like, I'm never going to tell you, blah, blah, blah. Um, Keep in mind in this dynamic, I have it to where Flash is a major character throughout the film. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like there would be moments like of Spider-Man going to Flash and being like, hey, man, like I listened to your episode and Flash is like, what? And he's like, yeah, like, thank you. Like, I appreciate it. Like maybe a fist bump. And Flash is like, dude, it's like I've known you my whole life. And Peter's like, yeah. And then like webs away, like something like that. And then so they have a relationship. Maybe Flash is giving him intel. Like, yo, Spider-Man, like, you might want to go here. And he's like, all right, thanks, Flash. Like, you know, something like that. So Flash Thompson has completely turned a 180, you know? Um, So then maybe Scorpion is torturing him. And he's like, where's Spider-Man? And he beats him so badly that Flash, and this would be dark for a Marvel film, but he beats him so badly he's paralyzed. Like, maybe he stabs him in the back. Flash is paralyzed. His legs don't work. And Spider-Man that, has that to like, would open the way for Agent Venom down the line as well. Exactly. You read my mind. Exactly. <laughs> to set up Agent Venom. Yep. And and also it's like Flash deserves it, bro. Like you you're you stuck your knuck out for Spider-Man. You deserve to be Agent Venom. Um with with Scorpion, would you do like a not not essentially like a recreation, but you know in the first uh, Insomniac game, that whole sequence where Spider-Man's like swinging through the city after he's been poisoned and he's got to find the cure and he's like completely off his head. Would you do something like that? Yeah, yeah. I would I would bring back Marissa Tomei to play those hallucinated <gasps> scenes. Uh, yeah. I would bring like it's like Peter like what are you doing? Like I died telling you great responsibility. You couldn't even protect Flash. You couldn't even do this, you know? And Peter's like, it's messing with his head. Maybe. And have MJ and Ned be like, I'm happy I forgot you or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, yeah. you know, I died alone. You know, I, there's a lot you could do really mess with. Is it a copy of Insomniac? Yeah, but bro, like, they're both under Sony. So screw it. You know, like, who yeah, cares? And if it's if it's a um, good idea, like, just do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would bring I would bring Zendaya back for those scenes only. Yeah, I would not bring her back. If she's a part of the story, but I'd bring her back in those major parts of the story, like where she's like, "You promised you would find me again. You promised you'd tell me you're selfish. You only care about yourself. You only care about being Spider Man." Because this movie is about Spider Man preserving the right to be Spider Man, right? Because Kingpin outlawed it. Um. Yeah. So. Maybe Ned is like, you know, I'm happy I never found you, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm happy I'm at MIT. Really mess with him. You know, maybe Flash is, like, crawling to him because his legs don't work. In the, and he's like, thanks, Spider-Man. Like, I, everybody who loves you always dies. Maybe you see Flash of, like, Tony Stark in Endgame. You know, like, you could really use Scorpion to really torture him, you know? But then to kind of yeah. break it up, because I want this version of Spider-Man like Tom Holland Spider-Man I feel like has 
really deep rooted anger problems, like deep in his trauma. Mm. And I think yeah. like, especially for No Way Home. So what if they brought back Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio in those scenes, just like goading Spider-Man, just talking trash. Like I ruined your life. I did that. And then Spider-Man gets more angry and he's like, enough. No. And screams out and then like kind of snaps out of the, you know, the, the hallucinating thing that Scorpion does with his tail. There's, yeah. There, there's be a lot of really cool, yeah, that's Spider-Man scenes. But the web swinging has to be there. Classic civilian scenes have to be there. And Spider-Man needs to have a relationship with the city. Like, it'd be cool if, like, they were like, yo, Spider-Man, play a game of basketball real quick. And he's like, sure, like, shoots a couple hoops. He's like, all right, I got to go, guys. Like, you know, um, he needs to have a relationship, a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, yeah, cause it doesn't feel like we've seen like because new york is more than just like a city in the spider-man universe like you say new york's like a character in itself doesn't feel like we've had that in the mcu at all no but it's not too late you can do mostly that because now. one of the films didn't take place in new york at all so yeah um yeah it's yeah it's not too late they can yeah they, they have a real opportunity to do that with this next one and i would would you have any major deaths like I, if you're going to set the stage with Kingpin and Scorpion, there has to be some failures. Like some civilians have to die. As dark as that sounds, like mm. you know, the kind of show, like yeah, how dangerous it is. I think I think I don't know. I don't think any characters in particular need to, but maybe like like you say, civilians like Peter can't save them. Mm -hmm. Like he fails from saving them. I'm excited, bro. Spider-Man 4. Who would you, before we leave the subject, who would you want to direct? Oh. Alright, is it got to be realistic or can I pick anyone? <laughs> pick one anyone and then one realistic. Okay, anyone, Matt Reeves. Ooh. Yeah. Um, because I just think, obviously it never happened because he's, you know, he's doing all the Batman stuff and all the Batman universe TV shows or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But just because of how he handled that street level Batman story, I thought it was incredible. So, and then a realistic one. <sighs> um... Oh, I don't, I don't know if this is realistic, but it's, it's another one that's a bit out there. But he's not tied up with the DC side in any way anymore. Ooh. I don't know, I don't know how realistic this is, but it's more realistic than Matt Reeves, I think. Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm. Hear me out. Hear me out. Ben Affleck, as obviously we know how incredible he is as an actor, but when he wrote his Batman script. There were people in DC and Warner Bros. at that time that said it was one of the best scripts they'd ever read. So we know he's got that in him to write a compelling superhero story based off what we've heard there. And he's a great director. Like, he can direct a variety of different types of films as well. It's it's a shame we never got to see his Batman movie because I would have liked to see that. Um but he directed Air last year, or this year, which I thought was a brilliant movie, one of my films of the year. And then he also directed stuff like um, Argo, which 
did that get best picture or best screenplays or he got he got a, he got a, some sort of Oscar for that, and and that's obviously a very very different movie to, uh, so, and that's that's just two two examples of his his great catalogue. But I think I'd go Ben Affleck. I don't know why, but I just think, that, yeah, I think I'd go with that. I don't think that's realistic, but it, well, to kind of piggyback off of that. How how is the relationship with DC and Ben Affleck? Warner Brothers. I know it was very poor at one point, um, because of how his Batman movie got handled, um, because uh, you know he was really passionate about that. So, but was I haven't seen the Flash. Was his Batman in the Flash? Yeah. Okay. So it must be okay because he appeared in that but I don't know if because that film was in development hell for so long he just thought okay yeah, I'll just do this as a favour then I'm gone forever yeah they probably paid him too oh yeah I think... so Ben Affleck is a great choice I don't know if he like I've never seen an interview with him talking anything superheroes before 2016 he hated Daredevil mm. I don't know if he'll come. Oh, yeah. Shit. Because he's he might Daredevil. show up in... Hey, if he shows up in Deadpool as Daredevil, that might be the beginning of a positive relationship to where he might be Spider-Man for him. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'd, That'd I'd be love very that. cool. Yeah. My dream director, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to go with um, uh, Chad uh, has, the, the John Wick director. Um, oh yes, yeah. That simply because it's a very similar atmosphere. Like I would want John Wick meets Spider Man for Spider Man Four. Absolutely, sign me up. Like that would be awesome. Yeah, um, that would be my dream casting. Um, realistically, what if it was Sam Raimi? Like, would oh. Sam Raimi... I don't oh, think Sam okay. going to make Spider-Man 4 with Toby. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish yeah. the story arc somehow, but I don't think it'll be in a movie. So, it would be kind of like... Uh, poetic in a way, right? Like, hey, come back. You get to finally direct a Spider-Man 4. Yeah. And I would love... I would love Raimi's directorial, you know, he did a fantastic job with the, 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 the you know, the Raimi trilogy. I love Spider-Man 3. Like, I know people hate it. I love it. I think that's fire. We need to have an episode defending Spider-Man 3. To me, that's a 10 out of 10 Spider-Man film. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love, yeah. I love me Spider-Man. But I think um, Sam Raimi would be, I think that could happen if he's not tied up with Doctor Strange. I think Sam Raimi directing Spider-Man 4, but he might not do it unless Toby is involved, so I, I'm going to retract that. I would go with Chad Staheski. I'm so sorry I'm messing up your name. Um, John Wick 4 director. Realistically, honestly, I would give it to um, Drew Goddard. Okay. I would give it to Drew Goddard. I give it to him. He did such a good job with Daredevil. Did such a good job of making the city feel alive. Yeah. 
a Spider-Man movie need. He needs mm-hmm. that. Uh, I would give him that. And yeah. then I would uh, hire Greg Frazier to do the cinematography of this film. No more volume. Oh, like, yeah, he does his the best. Yeah, but I need Greg Frazier on Spider-Man 4. Like, that has to happen. That has to happen. I don't. Yeah. I know he's all the man <laughs> in Hollywood. It's freaking Spider-Man. Make it happen. Like, he needs to be in that. Um, yeah, like, Spider-Man has the potential to... That character has the, the potential to make the biggest box office revenue out of any film ever like if if no i've I've said it before on, on the podcast if no way home had released outside of a global pandemic and had released in china it'd definitely be the highest grossing film of all time like if if you invest in the movie and make the movie good it can make shit tons of money so go out and get the best people like that and with spider-man 4 kind of restarting and being a tom holland centric film as was No Way Home, but let's be real, a lot of the marketing was around the spiders, right? The spider bros. Spider mm. bros. Um, I think a Spider-Man 4 needs to have the best people, of the, you know, for the job to create a new story going forward, you know? Um, yeah. I think I think Spider-Man 4 has the potential to be the best Spider-Man movie ever, time will tell. But on the while we're on Spider-Man, let's talk about PlayStation. Let's talk about insomniac and the leaks there um out of respect for insomniac we're not going to cover specifics of what happened clearly you guys know there's leaks about their upcoming games wolverine Mm -hmm. their future slate of games and what's coming out um that's also been leaked out of respect for insomniac we're not going to cover that and give specifics I really wanted to use this time to kind of talk about the implications of them doing that anyway. You know, it wasn't yeah. just the fact that the games were leaked and the dates were leaked and there was pre-alpha footage that a bunch of nerdy, smelly virgin fans online are saying, this game looks like crap. Bro, that game is in development. It's being worked on. Did you not see how Spider-Man looked? Did you not see how God of War looked? Like, all games look like, like the that. exact not... same in at the, at the same point in development. Like people, people yeah. are just quick to criticize things when they see it right. like that. Yeah, like if if you if the game sucks so bad, why don't you get out your mom's basement and you have to try to do something in the industry with time crunches, with the budgeting, with like deadlines to meet, and then see. You know, I'm mean? not making excuses, but that game, the game that got leaked, mm-hmm. the footage got leaked. That looks incredible. It looks fire. But Insomniac deserved to share that on their time yeah it's not right that the hackers leak all of that bro people's living information sensitive privatized information deadlines and more stuff is still coming out this morning there was gameplay of one of their games that got rescinded in two days now i did screen record it because it looked awesome but i'm not gonna spread that around because it's like bro like that's not right. People and I, work have worked for years on this and worked hard, and and I know it's not exactly on the same level because no personal details got leaked. But saw something similar with the GTA Six trailer a few weeks ago. Like mm-hmm. that was meant to come out um, was it nine a.m. Eastern on a Monday or a Tuesday, and got leaked the night before, so they just had to release it early. And um, that's, that's so annoying as well. Like they've they've wait. I know you've waited ten years for a glimpse of gta 6 but just just wait a day longer 
Like yeah. you've waited ten years. What's what's one more day? Um, yeah. So that that's a similar situation that really pissed me off. It's toxic um, fandom. It's 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 like Star Wars yeah. fans all over. It's toxic fandom, and fans like. I understand. I had frustrations with Insomniac that I paid over 200 bucks for a game that didn't even have a lot of the features that the first two games did. There is, I love Spider-Man 2's story. I love the gameplay. I love the acting, everything about the game. To me, perfect game. I love it. Can't wait for New Game Plus so I can replay it again. But come on, for for the price that I paid, there should have been a lot more features. There should have been a lot more suits. If you're, Or no, not a lot more suits. There should have been more of the suits that we would actually use. No disrespect, Insomniac. I'm not using the biomechanical suit. I'm not using the Ajima suit. I'm not using the stupid spider or stone monkey suit. I would love the Ben Riley spectacular suit. I would love spectacular Spider-Man suit if you can have the licensing, contracting, all of that stuff for that. I would love, you know, more animated suits for Spider-Man. Why isn't there a Peter B. Parker suit for Peter? There are suits that you can actually use that people would actually use. I'm not trying to use some stupid suit like the red specter spider suit like what what is that like it's deviant art yeah. meets video games bro like what is this bro so that's why i'm saying is like we need to you know address that yeah <laughs> excuse me insomniac cooked but they could have cooked a lot better but they're doing you know they're doing a good job with their games right now their upcoming releases it looks fantastic the future of marvel games looks so so good it's not right to leak that especially knowing no. how fans are knowing how toxic fans are oh this is actually sucks this is actually bad like the fans you know who are being annoying about venom oh and that that was a bad iteration of venom oh that was a bad adaptation nah, i disrespect it in some like bro relax venom was the most deadly that we've ever seen in any recent iteration not excluding king and black because that's a comic book right and we prioritize comic books here. But that was the most powerful we've ever seen of Venom. Harry's motivations made sense because the story was about addiction. When you fall to your, you know, addictive cycles, it's about mental health. It's not a one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. revenge story of Eddie Brock. It's different. You know, if you want a repeat of stuff like that, watch Spectacular Spider-Man or watch the 90s show. Like, this is different. Stop complaining and whining. Oh, Insomniac did it. But we had a sequence of the lizard fight, the, you know, the, the venom, you know, going crazy, Peter going crazy while he's sleeping, the Craven sequence of Martin Lee and, and, uh, uh, Miles to Craven versus Spider-Man, Spider-Man versus Spider-Man. Then, you know, Harry becoming venom, venom, New York city, venom versus Craven eating his head. And then web of shadows for the second half of the game. That is literally such an awesome ramp up of events. Oh, it was a bad Venom adaptation. You're yeah. a virgin. Shut up. Like, take a shower. Like, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. No matter what people do and work hard on and create new art with, you always have some stupid fucking fan on Twitter with an AVI that isn't their real face talking like they know what they're talking about or speaking as if they know what they're talking about. Yes, this is not a Venom that is hell-bent on revenge like Venom typically is. And Venom is also, I might add, a goofy character as well. You read the comics. This was not a very goofy Venom, but the story was also more dark. 
It was talking. The story was about an escalation. Yeah. That's what it's about. Craven wanted a beast. He wanted somebody to finally give him what he wanted. He was producing. He was, uh, excuse me, lashing his pain out into the world. And somebody finally lashed back. A cycle of mental health, a cycle of violence, a cycle of abuse. That's what it is. That's what Venom portrayed. If you can't see that because you wanted your 90s version of Venom, I'm sorry. Go work out. Go to the gym. Like, go get laid. Like, that was such a <laughs> cool story. That was such a cool second half of the game. Everything in that game was perfect. But some AVI with the Venom thing on Twitter, because they don't have friends in real life, is like, actually, this is bad. Like, bro, shut up. Shut up. And it's those same fans that are behind, like, a lot of these hacks, bro. The same toxicity. Fans, you need to understand. Yeah. I'm not being a corporate bootlicker here. We don't have to get these games. They make money, but we don't have yeah. to get these games. We don't need them. It's like the same way when the Insomniac was getting so much hate for not having the Toby suit initially in the PS4 game. It's like the same, it's like the yeah. same thing. We need to stop mm -hmm. being toxic. Star Wars fans, Spider-Man fans. We need to stop being so toxic. Fans in general. Stop being so toxic. Let's be mature. Address Stop being people. so entitled. Like, like people just feel like because we have access to every film and movie uh, pretty much ever made nowadays, people feel feel like they're so entitled to have things, you know, like their way. And a... because they can so easily just go on Twitter and at the company and complain about them, they feel like they have the right to to have things however they want when they just don't. It's frustrating. It's absolutely frustrating. And people who work hard on these games, their livelihoods are ruined by some idiots can't be. I urge content creators out there, please do not focus specifics on the game. Obviously we know. We know what it is. We know the specifics. We've seen it all. Unfortunately, we have, but I'm not going to continue to validate their behavior. I'm not going to validate the hacker's behavior. If I talk about, oh, look at this, look at that, look at that, that validates new hackers in the future to try to do that again so that their work, which is i.e. the hacking, to be validated, to be talked about. We're not going to do that. I would rather say mm -hmm. fans, please don't consume them. It's not right. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I was like, should a, we? Oh, go on. What are you going to say? I was just going to transition to the Godzilla. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I was just going to say it was like Godzilla attacking a city. Those hackers at Insomniac. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about one of the best films of the year, man. As we wrap up the show, bro. Godzilla yes, Mark Four. Ollie, oh. I know you've been wanting to talk about this, bro. Like, what, give me mm -hmm. your thoughts. What you think. So, I've. I wouldn't say I'm a die-hard Godzilla fan, but I'm a, I'm a Godzilla fan. I've got like a got a Godzilla pop final. Uh, um, <laughs> I've got like the Steelbook collection of like the the recent MonsterVerse movies. So I'm a I love Godzilla, but I've only seen like the modern Western ones. I've never seen like a Japanese Godzilla movie. After this, I think I need to check them out because this movie was it's it's my film of the year it's beat Oppenheimer and Kills of the Flower Moon for me it's my it's my number one yeah it really has I think it's such 
So Godzilla 2014, I really enjoy. I think it's good, but it doesn't really get you to care about the human characters, you know, whatsoever, really. Like, because it, it was tackling it from the wrong perspective. It was making a Godzilla movie, and then it had these human characters it had to try and get you to care about. What Godzilla Minus One does, and does phenomenally, is it's a human story about in setting post-war Japan about a kamikaze pilot who abandoned his duty and his struggles with like guilt and that already on its own is an amazing film. When you add Godzilla to the mix, like it just takes it up another level. And um, that's that's the right way to do if you're going to make people care about humans in the Godzilla movie, look at it from the human perspective first, then think about Godzilla after. Um, and I just thought as well that the way, the way it looked, it was like, this movie was made for th- around $13 million. <laughs> $13 million. And it looks better than most MCU movies. <laughs> Which is insane. For the price of what Robert Downey Jr. got paid to be in Spider-Man Homecoming, you can make, like, one of the best Godzilla movies ever. <laughs> um, And, oh, okay, where, where, where else, what else do I have to say about this film? The way it deals with, like, you know, trauma and grief and, like, a bit of survivor's guilt through Shukashima's character is it just does that so expertly and then but that again that on its own is enough of a compelling story but the reason he's guilt he feels this survivor's guilt is because he didn't pull the trigger on Godzilla when Godzilla was like tiny and all those people got killed and that was after he'd abandoned his duty as a kamikaze pilot as well oh just go and watch this film. Go and watch this film, anyone listening. I'm going to spoil it, but the ending, like, bro, that was, like, oh, the... man. Bro, like, with the rain and all. <laughs> bro, but that's... Do you prefer Godzilla as a destructive force, or do you prefer hero Godzilla? Because I see this discourse on Twitter. Destructive force. Okay. Okay, you prefer the destructive, okay. Why or why not? Because I prefer... I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge Godzilla fan. So if somebody's a massive Toho fan, they're going to hate me. I actually love the legendary films. I love Hero Godzilla. Give me more Hero Godzilla. I just love that concept of, like, he's a hero. That's awesome. Like, But yeah. why do you be destructive? Um, just because... I think this film has made me want that more. Um... I think because of how how terrifying Godzilla appeared in this movie, that was that had me on the edge of my seat more than Godzilla being a hero. I think, um, because I, I love Godzilla vs Kong. I thought that was that was great, and then when they fight Mecha Godzilla, that's so sick. <laughs> um. But I feel like it's more interesting with Godzilla as the villain and the humans have to figure out a way to defeat him. I I find, after watching this, obviously I love the big CGI monster fights, but 
I think the more interesting story is the humans trying to take down Godzilla and it not working enough, having them to resort to, I won't spoil it, but the tactics that they have to resort to in this movie to defeat him. Um, but I think what what like the legendary films are doing is fine, but I think what 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 I'd want to happen with like the future is let legendary stick to the massive monster fights because we we need that we need God we need hero Godzilla like I do, I do love hero Godzilla just because I prefer destroy Godzilla doesn't mean I don't I don't still love hero Godzilla but I think yeah. let Hollywood stick to the big monster fights with hero Godzilla and Kong against all the other monsters and then. Mm-hmm. But then Hollywood also needs to support like the Japanese films, which are more human stories, more real stories. And Godzilla Minus One is the highest grossing Japanese film at the UK box office ever, I think. Which <laughs> is mental. Um, and so it's been doing really well. So if these films are supported, if they're put in cinemas as much as Minus One has and has been promoted as much as this film has, because it's a great, you know, it is a great film, then I think that's great. So, you know, audiences can have both. They can have the real human stories, but then they can also have the monster versus monster, huge CGI fight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, I am very excited for Godzilla and Kong and new and whatever it's called, Godzilla X Kong something, whatever yeah, that, that other one's called. I'm excited for that too. They're fighting like the big like you remember the orangutan in Planet of the Apes, Caesar's friend. <laughs> yeah, it became evil. That's the guy they're fighting. They're fighting the Scar King. That's what he's like. Some big ass monkey that is evil. I don't know. Like it'll. I think okay. Mm-hmm. I really loved Godzilla Gareth Edwards. I thought that combined the horror of Godzilla, like the scary vibe, because we've never seen this legendary Godzilla before. So there was this anticipation of what direction they're going to go with. Um, versus mm-hmm. the Mudos, I thought that was awesome. As the legendary films progressed, it got a bit more and more fantastical. It started very realistic and very these are threats. I loved Godzilla: King of the Monsters. I know that movie didn't do great, but I thought that was freaking oh, that's, awesome. that, that's my favorite out of the legendary films. I love that one. I thought I think that is an underrated classic, especially when Mothra, mm-hmm. like the, the monsters, actually had a personality. They had a personality. I loved it, Godzilla. Oh. That shot of um, uh, is Mothra the one with the three heads, or is that yeah, someone uh, else? Ghidorah. Oh, that's good. G- yes, Ghidorah. The shot of Ghidorah on the mountain with the cross, with uh, all the fire going off. That's one of the best shots like I have ever ever seen. Like that's such an insane shot, like cinema, like cinematically, and like yeah, carry on, carry on. No, so that movie was very like, like intense realistic and then godzilla kong mm-hmm. went like super mario bros met john wick <laughs> but, but it was a good jump like i think if you're going to do godzilla versus kong you can't go too realistic i think that was a jump where you had to go more cartoony and the film was better for it i mean especially like mecha godzilla bro like that was awesome when mecha godzilla is like gonna destroy godzilla and then kong comes out of nowhere saves the day He's using the axe, it's not working, and then Godzilla breeds on the axe, and then he just cuts off Mega Godzilla. Bro, the entire theater was so hyped in the theater. 
when that was happening. Like once Godzilla was like Kong, like roared, took the axe and went Kratos on his arm, cut it right off. The whole theater was yeah. like, it was like WrestleMania, dude. It was so hype. <laughs> it had like the characters like Brian Tyree and like uh, um, uh, I I'm having a brain fart. Who's who's her name? Um, she plays Eleven in Stranger Things. Oh, Millie Bobby Brown. Ellie Bobby Brown, how can I forget her name? Oh, I'm going to get so much hate. Like, um, <laughs> she was, you know, they showed those characters, like, they're, like, hyped, too. They're like, yeah, yeah. At the same time, we in the theater are. And, like, Kong is just going crazy with the axe, slice, 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 slice. Such a good movie. That that was cinema right there, bro. That was yeah. cinema right there. Um, but it was dumb fun. It was dumb action fun, so I agree there's a market for both. You, you know, if we have a... A, a superhero market we can have a godzilla market you know like have your realistic godzilla film your character you know story film you can have your monster mashup film i loved it my question to you before we wrap up who would win in a fight legendary godzilla or godzilla minus one? Oh, um that's tough that well i think Legendary Godzilla's got a bit more uh, freedom of movement, let's say. Godzilla mm-hmm. minus one doesn't... He, he moves a bit slow, but his, like, nuclear breath thing is, like, the bo- the, the blast from that is like a, a literal nuke. Yeah. So, I think his power in that sense is probably stronger than Legendary Godzilla, but Legendary Godzilla has the actual physical advantage Mm -hmm. so and obviously well we've seen the film but people haven't seen the film this is a slight spoiler godzilla minus one does have a sort of healing factor so i'm gonna i'm gonna go minus one godzilla just because of how more powerful his nuclear breath is and the healing factor okay i would okay here's another question who would win Godzilla minus one, legendary Godzilla versus Shin Godzilla. I don't know if you saw Shin I, Godzilla. To be honest, I haven't seen Shin Godzilla, but I, the design of it, I, I love. I love. It's one of my favorite Godzilla designs. But um, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm off work for Christmas at the moment, and I'm watching. I'm gonna try and watch a bunch of like classic Godzilla movies, and that is on my list. So I'll, I'll have an updated answer for that in a few weeks. <laughs> It's sweet, man. Yeah, like uh, I, Shin Godzilla was more horrifying because it was just very. Mm. He, he starts. He keeps like metamorphosizing as the film goes on, so it was very kind of creepy. All right, okay. Versions of Godzilla and his evolving and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, get we're good. We got. Who, who do you that. think would win, Leg- legendary or, or legendary. minus one? <laughs> Legendary, legendary beats them all. He's so overpowered, bro. You forget what he did to Ghidorah. He literally just farted a bit too hard and vaporized two of the heads. Like, <laughs> like he literally like yeah. burning and he was like, and then like the other two heads melted. But my favorite head, Kevin, he he survived. <laughs> his head off in the ocean. That's why he became Mechagodzilla. Kevin survived. I'm okay, you know. But um, yeah. Fortunately, Kong killed Kevin, so that was. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this has been a, another episode of the Invincibles podcast. We will have another episode before the end of the year. 
Um, we'll try to get that out. By should, the... should we should we say say what we're gonna we're gonna do for that one? Tell them, bro. It's, it was your idea. About, so, uh, so we're gonna have the first annual Invincibles Awards, or the Invincies, if you like. And there's gonna be multiple categories. <laughs> there's gonna be like wrestling match of the year, film of the year, bunch of other categories like comic book moment of the year, stuff like that, video game of the year, all, yeah. all, all things, all all fun stuff like that. Maybe a few, few weird and funny categories as well. But it's gonna be like an an award show type thing. And I don't know, Before I might we... wear a bow tie for that one. <laughs> no, I'm, I will, I will if you. But what yeah, I will say. I, I still think the wrestling match of the year, as much as it breaks my heart, it's still Cody Rhodes versus Roman. That that bro. Yeah, that, because that, of that the match. ending, that match gets like criminally underrated. Yeah, no, that match. Roman was throwing out like moves, like he was the big dog again. Cody was bringing back the bionic mm. elbow, bro. Literally, do you remember how I was blowing up your phone? Like right after one, two, three, I instantly was like, F WWE. Vince is back. He's already pissed. I canceled my subscription. <laughs> canceled your peacock. <laughs> yeah, I canceled everything. I canceled literally everything. I canceled my USA network. Um, everything. Like I just, I was so mad. Um, but now wrestling is as hot as it's ever been. It's yeah. It's 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 fire. Well, with that, this has been another episode of the Invincibles with you guys, hosts. I'm Zen. I'm Ollie. Take care, guys. See you guys next time.